Here we go. Podcast number 32 of Chewy Salon Chair. Um, the um, Brad and Chewy are going to get fired from their coaching jobs edition, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> um, it's just the two of us here tonight, just because there's been some things going on in Minnesota in the hockey world that um, one way or another is, I don't know what's necessarily affecting us in our jobs right now, but it's something that we've been around and decided to do a little bit more of a serious podcast and talk about coaching, coaches getting fired and chased out of their jobs by parents. Um, there was a... Or uh, coaches resigning. Or coaches resigning because of parents. And we've got uh, cases of two, well, we've known more cases than that. It just is, but these are the ones that, if you follow any kind of sports in Minnesota, and hockey's one of the bigger sports here in the state. And to be honest with you, there's a... There's a coach that's a bit of an icon in the state of Minnesota. He played for the Gophers. He played a little bit of pro in the state too. So he's he's everybody knows his name. And he took a girls team from Orono, Minnesota, and took them. I think it was a decent team to start with, but then they went to state and they lost to a really good uh, Herman, War Road War Road team, which yep. is you know, and they lost the state championship. Yeah, so the record was twenty four four and four. And he got into it with a couple of parents, and they he wound up basically jokingly said he was going to retire, whatever. And then he wound up having to resign. Yeah. Um, and then the AD resigned. Yeah, I saw that. And then did you see who the new coach is? I did see they hired someone. Yeah, it's the boys JV. The coach. boys JV yeah. coach. Yeah, now the, okay. I'm telling you right now, if you all lose your job, I'm not taking over for you. <laughs> oh come on, <laughs> that's not going to happen. You're getting fired way before I will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm very sure of that. Yeah, <laughs> I have gotten to the point where, and this is part of it. I'm not keeping my mouth shut anymore. You know, and that's like Larry Olam is his name. Um, you know, one of my favorite Gophers from a long time ago. Uh, great hockey mind and you know the the funny thing was is they you know they started out hot and they kind of cooled off towards the end of the season that was when they got their couple ties i believe uh but they they came into the state tournament and um kind of rolled their way through and beat some teams that they probably weren't supposed to beat and somebody they'd lost to earlier right yep. i can't remember which team it was it, yeah, was, they, it was in sections i think yep and uh yeah they you know weren't supposed to get to where they got and it was kind of a great story i remember watching the tournament being like wow this team is playing amazing they're they're playing inspired hockey and you know it, a lot of that is on the kids but uh you know it, it takes a leader a coach that can you know really put that together and and keep a solid lineup moving forward and i just remember thinking to myself and i had no idea at the time that you know he was in turmoil you know right because it really didn't come out until april right that's when it came out but it's like he had been challenged several times and i think it really came to a head at the team banquet it was when it really kind of popped off was when yeah the parents really kind of went after him but it was like man what a great thing he's got rolling his first year as a head coach um you know inherited a really good squad but you know took him the distance and war road was just you know a powerhouse they recruit from all over the country it seems but yeah, just a, I mean, 81% winning percentage, you know, in yeah. high school sports. I mean, that's that's amazing. Four losses on a season is, I mean, that's pretty incredible. And the coach that was there prior to him, uh, was it Mark Parrish? Mark Parrish, yeah. yeah. Was there for three years and basically left under the same circumstances. And he, yeah, he said that, like, I think he tweeted, like, I, I, could only, I could only take three years, you know, this guy had only took one, you know, and and that guy played, you know, they both played hockey at a high level. Right, you know they've been around the game at a high level, and it that's that says something when a guy or a person that's that played professional hockey like Parrish, you know, played for how many years and several different teams. And well, you think his tweeter, his comment to the Orno parents was, "Is good luck trying to find, get thinking you're going to get another well, right NHL ex NHLer to come in here and coach your kids." And it's just crazy to me. Like you know, you think about like any, if any other Joe Schmo off the street comes in, <clears> and the expectations are that high, which I'll start with, I think that's ridiculous, you know, for high school sports. I think we've really, and this, the reason why we wanted to talk about this is it's not unique to hockey. I no. just think. And it's not unique to Minnesota either. No, and it's, it's parents living vicariously through themselves. They, they typically want it more than the kid does because they have this chip on their shoulder. And, uh, you know, they, a lot of these parents have just lost sight of what, 
you know, high school or even youth sports are supposed to be about, you know, it, yeah. Is it a stepping stone for some of your top echelon players? Sure. But it's also like, you know, it's character building, right? You're, you well, should be building these kids and prepping them for the real world, teaching them how to battle adversity and not fucking helicoptering. Them, well, you know? and if you think about it, every, every, I haven't had coach since. I mean, I've never been a head coach in high school. I don't want to be. I've yeah. never wanted to be. I had, Not a chance. I had an offer when, well, um, you know, I've I've been around coaches that have been run out by parents or been run-ins. I mean, Grasso, my old head coach at Mayo that was there for 51 years. Yeah, forever. He would not. And it's kind of like it was in the article, you know, Don Lucia from the Gophers. He said, you get two phone calls or you get one phone call. To me, we can talk. I'll talk to you anytime you want to talk about anything but hockey. But you get one phone call, hockey, and in that phone call, hockey, <laughs> in that hockey phone call, mm-hmm. I will remind you that the next time you call me about hockey, I will cut your kid. Yeah, you know, as and, a parent, talking uh, to the yeah, parent, right? yeah, talking to parents, yeah. yeah. And so, and, and Grasso had somewhat the same philosophy. I'm not going to talk to you. I'll talk to your kid again. We're trying to teach these kids be. to be adults, and yep. they need to take care of these problems on their on their own. And I can't imagine. Going to any of the head coaches that I've coached with or that my kids have played for and having a conversation about ice time, about being a captain. This is these are the things that Owen was was, yep. was catching crap about these parents. You didn't name our daughter captain. Her ice her, this is the one that bugs me the most. Her ice time was diminished. She was injured. She, she comes came back, back from injury. And she wasn't on the starting power play line. She was on the second one. Well, you know, I dug, and I dug a little deeper into that because, you know, that I'm pretty sure I can figure out what kid it was. It's not hard to see when you go look at stats. Sure. Um, but the power play kept right on rolling when she got hurt, and she was a good player. Well, and and you but s- the power play kept rolling, and they kept winning. Right. And it's like as a coach, you know, you're thinking, "Wow, this is great." You know, somebody filled in on this role, and we got multiple kids that know how to do it. Hell yeah, let's put her on the second unit and that just chapped that right and now you got kids' parents. And looking at it from a coaching standpoint, now you've got two strong power play Absolutely. lines. Absolutely. So yeah. that's that's a plus. And if the second one doesn't get out as much as the first one, you're working her back in. People don't understand that if I don't know what her injury was, but let's say it took her off her skates for two weeks. Mm-hmm. It takes you three weeks to get it back. Absolutely, I don't care what you're doing in the off on the off the, to keep yourself in shape to get back to, to game get, speed. Yeah, to get back to game speed to get back on your feet on and your get skates. your hands back get yeah. your lungs back. All yeah, it, it all takes a lot, and it and it unfortunately you could be off for three days, but it'll take you a week to get back. Yep. The, the time off does not equate to the exact same amount of time to get back into it mm-hmm. or less. So I don't know what the injury was. I don't. I uh, that that was that of the of the stuff I've heard. Maybe I've heard the other stuff too damn much, you know. That my I I we had kids that they thought the only way they're going to get into college if they had that they were a captain. Yeah, that's the, crazy. The, the idea of being a captain on a on a on any sport to me is absolutely ridiculous. Oh well, I take that back. The only one that it makes sense to me in is lacrosse, and you know why? Because the lacrosse captain is the only person that can talk to the referees. Sure. So, and if you look at what a, what a captain is supposed to be. In hockey, again, the one that goes and talks to the referee, that's why you have three. You have one in each line, a captain and two assistants, and they go talk to the referee. Right. Nobody else gets to say a word to the referee except yep. for those guys. Well, that's completely thrown out the window. Everybody bitches at the referees. Yeah. So um, that's not part of it. But, I mean, there's people have lost sight. That's not a, that's not a badge of honor. That's a freaking job. Yeah, and that's the, you know, that was the, that's the point I like to make is, you know, we go through this every year, you know, coaching girls hockey and – I'm sure it's probably similar boys, but it, it just becomes a, it becomes a burden on everyone involved for the selection process. And then the kids that don't get named that, that think they should be captain, you know, then it, then it becomes a shot to their ego. But I always tell my captains every single year that be careful what you wish for, because now like you're, you're an extension of the coaching staff. We hold you to a higher standard, which, and some kids can handle it. Most captains that you pick, usually they can. But I remember a couple times in like Bantams being a captain and being like, 
I wanted to fuck around in the locker room with the rest of the kids, but it was like I knew coach was going to come unglued on my ass because I'm I'm a captain, right? And I can't do that. And I always I always make that that point. Like you have to be the leader, you know, both vocally, and you have to show it on the ice. You have to show it in practice. You know, you can't if you show up late. I mean, everybody on the team is going to ride you for it. Well, you we, know, you know, and. Hockey's become a year-round sport, whether we like it or not. I mean, sure. Just even our training, and so one of our captains has a job full time. Can't be there all the time. Well, you really can't be captain. And we've run into that too. Yeah, I can't, you know, jobs. You know, especially in the summer, kids. You know, I, I'm. It's it's tough because I like the fact that the kids play other sports. You know, we've sure. we've got a kid that's coming in that hasn't been to one of our practices yet, but, but that's fine because he's a th- three-sport athlete. Yeah, he hasn't missed baseball. And because he's right there, he hasn't missed football. And those are those are those are for me. Those are valid excuses. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. without a doubt. I mean, that's that's almost the only thing you're going to be is you're going to be a little rusty on your skates when you first jump on the yeah. ice. But he finds time to find after, sure. you know. And and there, this is a high school sport, so there's a bit of crossover. You know, this isn't like playing where if you play AAA or AAU, right. where it's a it's a lifetime sport and you're playing for that team and mm-hmm. their seasons are six months long, ours are a number of weeks long, and you know, and it, you have that kind of to that point in high school. A lot of these kids don't think about it, but like when you go play for your summer leagues and your AAA leagues, the only people that give a shit about how well you do are your parents in the stands and the coaches on the bench and the kids on the team. High school in Minnesota is different because, like, you got those kids, like, your your fans, like, the city, you know, when, when you guys were on your run deep in sections, you know, it was like they they shared the, the uh, numbers on that broadcast or on that, oh, U- that yeah. YouTube stream, and right it was like, it wasn't just Mayo families. Oh, that no. was everybody in Rochester's pulling. We had, and that's that's the difference, you know. And I, I always try to explain that to these kids. And uh, high school hockey in Minnesota is different. It's it's similar to football in Texas. It is different, and they hold coaches to a higher standard. But also with that, that captain, you wearing that C. I mean, now everybody knows you're a captain, and everybody in town knows you're a captain. And I mean, that's just, it's, you go to state, everybody in that building, everybody in the state, everybody that's turning that TV on, they know who the captain is and they're looking for you, hold you to that standard. Right. So to go back to that parent, I don't know if we glazed over it or not, but one of the big bitches was that at the end of the year banquet that he didn't, or his kid, his daughter didn't get named captain. Right, and that was one of his big gripes, and, and it, that just drives me insane. I it's mean, just ridiculous. I, I get, you know, we've had uh, not every year. I mean, some years, some years we almost have to name. We, we always let the kids vote. Yeah, oh, 100 percent. You know, I, and that doesn't, and I don't like that to a point. Well, I mean, the I coach, do, coaches still have the ultimate say. Right? We have to have because because I don't want some dipshit out there turns into a popularity. Contest. Yeah, and that makes it wrong. And 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 granted he might that kid that kid may not be the captain, but he but because he's that popular, he's still going to fill a role on the team yeah. as a leader of some sort. And that's what the biggest thing that I always like I could I would say to that dad or that parent is you know what? Just cuz your kid didn't get selected as captain doesn't mean they can't lead. You know, like your group, this like this last season, you had how many seniors? Fourteen. I'd be willing to bet more than just your captains were probably in a leadership role, right? And 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 you know, and then me being old school, the other one, the other one that I really have a problem with, and we've done it the last two years now, and I don't like it is our goaltenders always. There's always a captain of the one of them's goaltender. Yes, they're the leader of the team, but by the letter of what that that C or that A is supposed to, and the A is for the assistant captains. Yep. But but the letter that means to me is that they're the ones that go talk to referees. You can't do that. You can't be a goalie and go talk to referees. You're stuck in your crease. So by definition, a a goalie can't be a captain. It's basically like an honorary captain. Right. You're burning a spot. Yeah. And and we've actually gave it an extra A out. Sure. And I don't think anybody's bitched about it. And that's what it comes down to because, because then it comes to the off ice and the locker room and, and meals and, it, and that stuff, and that's where they're takes, important. So it takes a group of those kids to do it. Too. Sure, 
Yeah. You know, and, you, and it really should be your senior class yep. leading the other ones up because these other kids come through and sometimes that's good and sometimes that's yeah. really freaking and, bad. You know, and the, the <laughs> thing you always got to remind yourself and the thing that I would, I would always say to, you know, to these parents that are just, they're, they're trying to hammer Larry is, I mean, it's, it's high school and we're, we're I mean, we're dealing with, with kids, you know what I mean? And like, the thing that really, really always bothers me in all of these situations and anytime there's, you know, and you you do have it where you do have douchebag coaches and we all know of probably a handful of coaches that maybe shouldn't be there, but there's that always, it seems like every, whenever you have a good coach, there's always a handful or a couple parents that don't like that coach and what I would like, what I would ultimately say if these parents could hear me is when it comes out and not if it's when it comes out and they find out who these parents are and by process of elimination, you know, all those Orno parents know exactly who it is. And anybody that's played against them know who's it, right. who it is. So when that, when that comes out, of course, the shame is going to be on the parents but just imagine what that kid's going I was going to say, but the kid is going to take the brunt. I don't imagine what that says. kid is going through. And then you and I talk about it all the time. Like, and the whole bullshit about, like, he was also accused of not reaching out to college coaches. Like, get off your fucking pedestal. If you play hockey in Minnesota, and for most of the part, most part, if you play hockey anywhere in this country and you're a good player, they know who you are. Oh, and, you know, so Tanner is... 42 mm-hmm. when he was a peewee so he'd have been what 11 or 12 yeah he was already on a scouting service sure and that was and that was okay that was 31 years yeah. ago and, but, and and now think what it's like now and and, yeah. and i that part that that's another part i'm gonna go let's go to that then i gotta go back to a different thing and we're yeah. talking about coaching and on the bench yep. um but so that part of it really bothers me too because and and maybe it should it shouldn't bother me as much as it does but we're going through this battle right now with um, our camera work. There's Live Barn. There's Spideo. Um, we do our own YouTube. We we have yep. we are all of our games are free on YouTube. Um, there's a couple other services. Huddle has a service now yep. too. So all these services, everybody wants everybody wants a piece of the pie. Everybody's trying to make money off of this. So there's these cameras in the rings, and you can watch the games. Every one of those services. Um, Huddle, Spidey for sure. Um, and there's another guy that and I, I feel bad. I'm, I'm, I'm not, don't remember. Uh, Peace. Um, it's a, it's a guy that used to coach the USHL that started sure. one. Well, all he does is just the stats. Oh, sure. But his stats are available to every yep. college in the United States. Mm-hmm. Any, any junior team that every coach that's, that's announced you have to be in a, a super, uh, uh, you have to be a, and the upper echelon of coaching to get on this. If you're a viable coach in a league, you can you can get on these services and you can see every kid's stats. Um, if you want to go, if if a coach were to contact me, I would say, well, let's say let's say you're playing and you want to go to, oh, let's go Gophers. I was mm-hmm. going to say North Dakota, then I was going to kick myself. Yeah, I'd probably throw up. <laughs> yeah. So you want to go to Gophers, and so you can take clips off of there and send yourself up there. If they show an interest, they can come back, and I'll, and I'll tell you this: on top of that, all no coaches want your highlight reels. No, you, the coaches say, "Can I have your games?" Exactly. And 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 Huddle set up in a way now that if he wants to just watch you play, we can we can give him access to all of your games. Sure. And Huddle and Spidey will both have a thing set up that it will find your number, and he can just type type your number in your player number in, and it will follow you, and all he gets is a clip of you playing. Yep. If he wants to take it to that point. But you know, most of those coaches, like with 14 seniors last year, I know there were scouts and, and coaches from other places that were just watching our video. They were watching our, our live feeds. Oh, yeah. Yep. Cause it, well, you could see it. You could go and look and see who was watching. Right. And a couple of the games that I would watch, you know, I saw um, What's-His-Nuts that worked with the 14s, Jackrabbit's scout guy. Oh, Eric, uh, uh, Eric um, Bromberg. Yeah, he. Yeah. I could see him on there. Yep. He's on there watching. Oh, he loved it. You know, and and I remember when two years ago when we were up at HPs up at the festival, and we're sitting there, and 
I can't remember who we were. Anyway, you know, Brad Frost walks up. And I'm like, hey, you know, there's Brad Frost. He's the head coach women's gophers team. And uh, kind of sits down at the table adjacent to us. And I was like, yeah, you, you know, you're here watching. He's like, always got to come take a look. And uh, he's talking to a group of guys and, and a couple gals. And they all had different hockey programs, college uh, affiliation on their jackets. Sure. And, uh, you know, a bunch of them walked away and one of the gals was sitting there and I kind of walked over to the window and was watching what was going on on the ice. And she was like, you know, asked where I was from and we just got to chatting and I said, what, what do you, you know, what do you do? And she goes, well, I'm part of a college scouting network. Right. And she was like, I am a defensive specialist and I, I go to hockey games all across the Midwest She's like, I try to stay home, close to home in Minnesota, but I come and I watch defensive players and we, yeah, we might be there to watch one kid, but then we'll take notes on, you know, everybody that's on the ice or anybody that's worth a look. And then we just kind of stash that. And then those people work independently, but there's a ton of programs and colleges that use them or reach well, out to them. And hey, like, and, and the thing you have to understand is, I mean, you get it, but maybe not everybody does is that. They have restrictions too. Mm -hmm. The number of times they can come watch you play right. and talk to you when you're within a window of your senior year is limited. So yep. they, they, if they're going to come watch you play, they might go to a festival to watch you play. Yep. When they over can the watch a ton. Holidays is a big time because they're, yep. they're playing. And you can watch a bunch of guys because if they watch you more than once or twice, hey, look what's in the else is in there. The one next to it. Next to it. What's that? You need one? <laughs> yeah, I'll just take a regular beer for now. As we're as we're talking important coaching stuff, we're drinking beer anyway. Um, but but they're limited to how many times they can right. come see you. That's why they go. Oh, there's no scouts in the stand. Well, they can only come so many times. Well, and, that, and that's and that, which is why the video is awesome and the free stuff because video is huge. And and I think you know the whole point of it is is kind of getting back to my point. And we'll get off on tangents for a while, but getting back to my point is this kid from what I understand is a great player and, you know, probably has a shot to play after high school, but you wonder how much damage did dad, did mom and dad do? Well, because you think about how big that blows up. And now all of a sudden it's like, you know, for a fact that there's a college coach that might be looking at her if she's that kind of player. And I don't know for sure that she is, but there might be a college coach that's looking at her going, God, do we want that headache? Right. Oh, Do we want this kid because of her parents? And that's where like you deal with, you've dealt with these parents. We always do every year. It seems like there's always a group of them. And that's one thing I wish they could hear is like, you have a chip on your shoulder. Stop caring what you look like, because that's ultimately really what it's about. Well, they're worried about how their kid is treated and how their kid is seen by others because it's a reflection on them. But at the end of the day, they're, they're fucking their kid over is what's right. happening. Well, you and I, because I guarantee you there's college coaches out there that are not, they're not even going to take a flyer on that kid because of crazy mom. And you dad. and I know a player who played D1 college. And when they started recruiting this person, they are looking at, at that person. I'm trying to make this as vague as I possibly can. It's not working real well. Um, not only do they want her Twitter accounts, her Instagram, all that, oh, everything. They wanted their parents Absolutely. because here's the, th here's the thing. I was told this before before all the social media shit came around, and we used to do a little bit of scouting when they do that. When when colleges have to count on somebody else, like I, I, like I was coaching goalies just at the time, and and one of the colleges out east would call me up and say, "Hey, could you go watch this goalie play for me?" Now, I'm not picking a goalie for that team i'm giving my opinion on that goaltender and they know that goaltender or they know me so they know what when i give my opinion what i'm talking about that doesn't mean that i'm for or against that one i'm just giving them my opinion and they can take it and go whichever way they want with it that's all they're looking for is my opinion on a, on a kid yep. that doesn't make or break that kid making that team mm -hmm. it's just my opinion on it and they go oh if, if moffat thinks that way of that kid we know what that means, you know, and that that's fine. That's all they needed. But now with social media and stuff, they they can kind of build that yeah. picture on their own. 
they don't want to deal with parents. Because here's what, uh, crap, I wish I could remember which coach it was. Said, and they told the kids, for every, for as good as you are, there's another 50 kids. Oh, within 100%. within reason, there's another 50 kids 100%. as good as you are. And he's a better student. Yep. They don't have to deal with the parents. You know, uh, you that, know what? We've had, we've had two kids that have lost chances to play juniors because of their parents. Sure. And that's, and that's juniors. And that's kind of my point is like. Right. You know, for on the girls' side, you know, they don't, and I always make this point and, and I, I wish like sometimes like I could just grab these parents and just shake them and just say, you know, boys, boys definitely have, you know, more opportunities to play after high school and like girls, I, I, I mean, being an assistant coach, you know, I, I'm not getting the emails and the phone calls when, when coaches call, but I'm sure you've been in the room or been on those phone calls or maybe a part of those email chains and they're not asking about how many goals they scored and how many assists they have or how many saves they made. No, well, they, they know all that right. shit. Yep. They want to know how's the family, how's the kid off the ice? Yeah. What are their parents like? Are they a cancer? You know? And it's like it, the, they, these, these parents, they think they're doing the best for their kids by forcing these coaches out and treating everybody like shit. And they're just, they're just driving the wedge further yep. away and, and, and making it harder for their kid. And and it's really weird because don't forget, I was I was helping out with when girls high school hockey first started in Minnesota. I, I actually wound up helping out. Yeah. And at that time, well, God, we did have one girl that went D one right away, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> but but it was like every player, every goalie I coached, their mom and dad thought that that kid was going to go D one. And you sure. know what? There was you got good. There was a chance because there wasn't a lot of it out there. It was yeah. just coming into place. So that attitude, I thought, was it was it, it was pestering to me. It was always up, you know. It was always like, I got here we go again. That being said, it was something there. It's never gone away. Yeah, never. A third line player mm-hmm. on a fifty-fifty team, and their parents still think that that kid's going to do one. And that's the thing. And it's like, you know, when you're coaching it. And like you, you deal with that kid. You're with that kid every day, and they might. A lot of times, I would say, you know, fifty percent of the time, the kid is usually a good kid. You know, they're kind of clouded by mom and dad. But what I've noticed, like probably eighty percent of the time, is mom and dad want it more than the kid does. I don't. Know and that's if- on. That's my experience in girls. Well, you know. Okay. Like, yeah. I. I. You know, like there's not these. Like a couple of these kids, and okay. and we have one that's on our team right now. Um, dad is nuts. You probably know who I'm talking <laughs> about, but you know he wants so much for her, and he you know wants her to play at the next level. And I remember we kind of got into a dark spot last year, and she was struggling, you know, mentally. And I just went to her and I was like, "What do you want? What do you what do you want?" She's like, "What do you mean?" What do you want? Like, what? What are your What are your goals? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to play at the next level? She goes, no. She's like, I want to go to college, yes, but I've never once envisioned myself playing college hockey, maybe intramurals, um, or like beer league. And I'm like, you know what? That's okay. Yeah, but, but dad, at least, at least- dad, on the other hand, was like, D one, my daughter, she's doing this, she's the best, she's going here. And she didn't want that. <laughs> and and she, to tell him and, that was and, like, and I used to get he phone, lost his mind. I used to get phone calls from him. Oh yeah, he calls everybody. Yeah, you no, know, and it was like, what do you think about this? And Call anybody come, that'll listen. That's yeah, his thing. Yeah, and and it's and it's um, it's I don't know. It that's that's a, but that goes back to the coaching part of it. So let's go back let's go back to that because I really did want to keep this at yeah, half. Yeah, I knew this wasn't going to happen. Totally blew that. Um, coaching on the bench. Yeah, the coaching on the bench. So. That one was interesting to me also because so let's back up. So he was he, he was accused of one of the gripes they uh, the third gripe they had was that he wasn't doing enough in game on the bench coaching or high fiving him on a good play, high fiving Patton on the back yeah. and blah and, blah blah. Which and I've heard like, a couple of ra- you. and while I heard a couple of the radio stations, well, I don't remember which one it was. There was a really good explanation. They go, no, it's 
it's hard to do. First of all, it's hard. It's really hard to coach a kid when they come to the bench because the mistake might have been made at the at the beginning of the shift. Oh, 100%. So when they come to the bench and they sit down there and you go to talk to them about if you talk to them about it, they don't have a clue what you're talking about well, you half gotta, the time. And you got to think about how fast the game is. Right. And, you know, yeah, that first shift, they turn the puck over and luckily it didn't score, but the coach is pissed about it and they play, a, you know, another minute long shift. They're out there for a while. And yeah, they come off the ice and you're like, you remember when you first got out there and you did this? And they're like, no, no. Yeah. Cause they've had, I don't. they've had 10 other situations exactly, right. almost exactly the same. Right. And I so. agree like wholeheartedly, like there are moments where you can maybe grab a kid and say, Hey, you know, next time high off the glass and just quick reminders of things that you talk about in practice or things that are built into your system. You can shoot those little reminders. Like. Hey, why are we trying to go cross ice here? You know, but let's keep it north and south, like simple things. Right. But you can't grab a kid and get the grease board out and just completely break down a system in the middle of the game. And no, you can't do that. And you can't always run to everybody and high five and grab ass. It's just, you can't, especially as the head coach. Right. Well, it, that's it, what practice is for. And I think there's, I think there's two philosophies. I mean, there's more than two philosophies of coaching on the bench, but the two bigger ones is there's there there are coaches that are like constantly coaching, sure. You know they're they're again like you say you know remember what we're doing this is our four check let's maybe we should change the four check right. type of thing, but a lot of them, well we did all of our preparation, so now it's just you guys go play the game and mm -hmm. he's not it's not that he's not engaged in the game. He's making notes. He's making a practice he's, plan. He, exactly. He's giving <laughs> practice plan. You know uh, how many times have you come off the ice? Uh, even if after a win and the first thing you guys do when we're standing in the hall is we start figuring out practice for the next day and what we need to work on. Absolutely. And that, all that information came from right. what the kids were doing and we need to change that bad habit or or add to the, you know, give them accolades for the good or the good things right. that they did correctly that we've been working on. Yeah. But that happens at practice the next day or yep. two days later or whenever. And, and it's it, the coaching on the bench um, I, I'm just trying I always, to, I always well, ask the, the question. There, there was, here's the one that was really funny to me was, um, and this happened to me a lot. It probably happens to you. You're sitting in the stands watching a game and the parents will come sit next to you. I, by the end of my Casey season, Casey's season at Mayo, we were one of the crappier teams around at the time. We were really, really in the dumps and, um, we struggled to get to 500 and I was listening to that. So his sophomore year on JV, it was no big deal. Junior year, he's on varsity, and parents are like, why is he doing his? Why is he doing? I'm like, I'm not on the bench. I don't know. So we moved down the bench, down the bleachers. I was sitting right next to the Zamboni door. Next thing you know, you're in the no, parking lot. Our senior year, we sat on the visitor's <laughs> side. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, here comes a couple more parents because they, they started realizing the same thing. It's like they're second guessing. You have no idea. Two things. You don't know what the coach said because you're sitting in the stands and he's across the way. Yeah. Second thing is, is your kid is going to tell you what you want to hear, 100%. not what the coach said. So you're never, as a parent, and maybe the kid just can't communicate with adults that well, so mm -hmm. that your kid is never going to get word for word and how that coach intended whatever he told that player. Yeah. So that battle is ridiculous. It is. It always, it always sucks because, like, a kid may not agree with what a coach did. Like, all right, you made the same mistake four times. You're done. Go sit down at the end of the bench shame you're going to think about it and then at in between periods at the end of the game at practice tomorrow we're going to talk about it we're going to address it but for now you're done you know when you, when you have to bench a kid or you know sit him a couple shifts or, well, or her, it, but it, then you may sit that kid down and give them that perfect ex explanation like and, we and, talked about this this is the job you didn't do your job Everybody else in that position is doing the job on the other line. You didn't do it. This is why you're sitting. And now that kid is either embarrassed, got egg on their face, and now they may be telling their their parents like, "Oh, he just doesn't like me." Well, and sometimes the case is it's even worse than that. It's, it's because you're running a a system, and because you're that player's out doing what they want to on their own, the system doesn't work at all for everybody. Right, and and all of a sudden you're the one that ha you're the one that has to be unplugged to make the system work. Sure, you know, and 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 I've I stood there and watched kids 
many times get talked to by the head coach going, you know, and you're standing and we usually have two coaches when we talk to the kids. And it's like, but but what did we tell you that your goal was for this game? Get breaking it down to something simple. This is what you need to do for this game. Yeah. And then when they don't do it and they go do their own thing and they disrupt the, the flow of the game and it's costing us scoring chances to catch up to the game or whatever. No, you're not going to get on the ice. You know, yeah. reminding these parents and kids that we're not playing them equally. We we would love to. The easiest thing in the world to do to coach would be to put a kid out there and then hit a buzzer and then put the next line out there. You know, and, and they just, all do the exact and they all do the exact thing. same thing, yep. and you have no problems if somebody gets hurt. You know, plug another kid in there, but that's right. not reality. And that's you know, and that's the one thing that I think that I see. You know, being a coach, and I keep I always tell. You know anybody that I, that I I coach with, I play with my kids, is you know here's the deal: you have a job to do when you're out there, and this is similar to goes back to my original point. You know, high school sports or high school athletics uh, or sports in general, like I, there's more to it than just the game. You know, like whether you believe it or not, when you're coaching high school, you if you care about your job and you care about the kids, you ultimately have a responsibility to help mold these kids for life. Because what was that other stat? Like 0.56% of kids that are playing make division one. There's like 1% make division one and 0.5 make the professional league when you're right. looking at boys or even women, I guess girls, you could look at that too. So realistically, most of these kids, sure, they might go on to college and play some hockey or they might go play juniors and that's great. But realistically, a lot of these kids, you know, they're they're moving on to the next step of their life. And one of the big things I, I took from this whole thing is parents need to give their kids the tools to deal with adversity. Like my dad always used to tell me, like, I'm not your fucking coach. If you have a question, you need to bring it to your coach. Sure. We've always told our kids that. And yeah. it's like, you know, we always tell the kids on the team, come talk to us. Right. And I, I remember a couple of times I had coaches that I didn't like. And, uh, you know, Jim Thompson, I hate to name names, <laughs> but he was one of them, you know, and yep. I, he, we just never saw eye to eye and I didn't like him. And now we get along really well. And I'll tell him to this day to his face, like I hated <laughs> you as a coach, but I learned a lot from you. And the reason I did learn a lot from him is because you know, my dad at the same time was like, be a man, you know, this was in Bantams, you know, he'd tell me to be a man at 13, but he was like, you don't like how much you're playing. You need to go talk to him, ask him why, you know what I mean? And he, and, and lo and behold, it was all the shit that we talked about in practice that I wasn't listening to because I was a teenager, but it was, my dad helped me get, he gave me the tools to battle through adversity. Guess what? Now he sees that in you. He's seen where you are, and now you're you've moved down in the lineup. You're gonna have to work even harder to get back up there, right? You know. And it was like I went out there and I scored a goal, and it was like, all right, I should be moved back up, and I didn't get moved back up. My dad was like, "You fucked up for four games, and you go out there and have one good shift. <laughs> like you need to, you know, you it it taught me something, and I don't know that enough parents do that anymore. They would rather, oh, you you pulled my kid out of the lineup." I need it. We need to have a conversation. That's not how it works. You well, need to teach your kids how to deal with that shit. If, if the, we, we've had, we've had conversations with parents about a ton of different topics, but dealing with their kids. And, and I'll, I'll tell you last year was probably the most difficult years of yeah. coaching I've ever had in my life. And it had nothing to do with the game of hockey. It was everything else. And it All was the bullshit. No, it wasn't even the bullshit. It was, just well, I'm not going to get into it, but it was yeah. it was hard. It was I hard. Know what you went through. It's not my job. It's I mean, not fun. I, I, it wasn't what I was trained to do. Let's put it that way. And if you know me, yeah. that's like, and that's the <laughs> that's the worst part is like we coach because we love the game. And yeah, hockey's huge in Minnesota, but there's not a coach in Minnesota that's able to survive in high school off their coaching salary. Well, it's oh, just the way that, that it fucking is. This, I wasn't going to bring this up, but now that you brought that up, you know, so. We our, do it because we enjoy our it. Our wages are shit. And don't forget, you get paid for head coach, assistant JV, or assistant varsity coach, and JV coach. That's it. That's everybody yeah. else. If you have five people on your staff, they're not getting paid. Yeah. Only three get paid. Well, we, we broke ours up. But I mean, so you're taking nothing and dividing nothing between two people. Yeah, well, I went to so, volunteer status. So 
Cora and Nikki right. could make more. Yeah, and I and I and I took when when Matt was coaching with me at JV, and he actually had more time. He spent more time at varsity than he ever did at JV. I split mine with him. Yeah, which and would I you, don't, you, you don't do it for the fucking no, money. God no. I mean, you know how many years I coached but didn't get do it paid? because you enjoy the kids and you enjoy yeah. the game. And I and I do think and we that. and we bitch about the kids because well that's that they're teenagers, <laughs> but at the end of the day, you don't keep coming back because of the. No, the, the fifteen hundred dollars that you the, make, or whatever the fuck it is. The uh, the uh, and in fact, was, when I was looking at the wages, some, they were talking on some of the radio stations. They've been talking about the wages those guys get. Other ones kick in seven, eight, yeah. eight, eight thousand. Some of the boosters get give yeah, more money. Yeah, but it, but even that. so, but it's still, like you ain't like making a living. My doing. first check at nineteen hundred dollars shocked the shit out of me. That was the first time I'd ever got paid. I ran I ran goalie camps for youth hockey for. 15 years before I got a paycheck out of that. Yeah. And that was that was every Sunday for the entire hockey season. I never got paid. I, I didn't get paid for coaching youth hockey at all because I had a kid on the team. Right. And we, ne- and we never got paid. And, and that's, I don't mind that, but the wages that, like, okay, so way back when Montana was playing and there was only, and John Marshall was looking for a new head coach. The guy that had retired, that had quit, I don't know if retired or quit, I think he quit. Um, took a job someplace else. The new coach coming in, they were looking, and the parents got together. This could this could have been the advent of this kind of parents, but this is how long ago this was. Remember, this kid's forty two now, and this is huh. and this was back when he would have been probably. What's wrong 17. with being that age, Ron? <laughs> I don't remember what it was like then. <laughs> but those parents gave the AD a list of their expectations for the new high school coach at John Marshall, and. That those expectations at that time said it's going to cost you about eighty thousand dollars. They make five. <laughs> how, right? How do you think that's going to work? And that's like you know the. the and so you're getting ex NHL guys to go coach your hockey team. You don't. They're not doing it for the money. No. And yet the thing that really like my last point, you know, if we want to wrap on this part, is like that the quote that he sent in that email, the parent sent to Larry. And it was like, you just don't have it. I'm sorry for the harsh words, and I hope you can learn from this and move on. I'm paraphrasing, but 24 and 4, 81% winning percentage, his first year in, you just don't have it. Like, how fucking arrogant can well, you be? And, and like, how many cup rings do you have, sir? How many state titles have you won? Well, that, but as soon as that job position opened, you think that guy applied for it i guarantee he didn't apply for no it. They, those parents wanted him there they yeah they him pushed to, for him to they be pushed there him to take the job you know and, and then they chase him out and be- then when he he sends the email where he's jokingly like all right yeah. well if you think you can do it sign up and i'll let you take it and, and they took that as his resignation then they're like okay well it's a legal binding resignation you're out and then they shamed him for quitting on the girls yeah. after they called yeah. for his head that doesn't like, tell you who right are there. these fucking people. It's you know, and I and I'll be honest with you. If you've ever watched me at the rink, I don't talk to the parents. No, it's something that I'm learning. Yeah, I I I learned that a long time ago. I duck ago. out the back door. Oh, I don't. I walk. Yeah. I have to walk up and down, and go get the girls set up for doing yeah. radio and stuff. And they're in the hall, and they, I may wave and say hi to them, but that's as that's as far as it gets. Don't stop I don't, and talk. No, I no. I I don't go out. And it's not because I want to be a dick. It's just. You know where it's going to go. You know where it's going to go. Yeah, it, it, and it's not. And it's inappropriate. Oh, it is, and 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 it's, and it's. I think I think for these younger coaches, it's even harder because, um, some of these parents are their friends. That's where I'm struggling. Yeah, and uh, I might you know having a, a kid on the team. Right, right, and, uh, and our, our kids are the same youth, age, so right, they're yeah. they're all people that I know. Yep, and. For my group, I know you kind of had similar struggles. 98% of my parent group is good, but that 2% is like, it's borderline unbearable. And I've told people before, and, and maybe I shouldn't say it on here, that it's like, I coached this team before my kid was there. So it's not, it's not like that. You know, it's like people look at a parent coach and they're like, oh, you're, you're favoring your daughter. Hey, we had that happen to us this fall or yeah. this this spring. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I'm like, I I I feel for that, but I'm like, I was there before her, and I, I before she got there, I told her, I'm like, this is my team, and 
when we when we put the pads on, we put the skates on. I'm coach. I'm not dad. But at the same time, like if she weren't there, last year probably would have been my last year. And sure. I hate that because the, I love these kids on the team. I really do. And even the ones that have, you know, shitty parents, the the problem parents, I, I actually really enjoy with their kids. I do. I had a set of twins when I first went back to coach JV at Mayo. And they were, they were okay hockey players. They weren't good by any means. You know, they, but they were, the was it the first year back with them? Maybe. Um the one was, for lack of better terms, Eddie Haskell. <laughs> <laughs> Most people know who that is, but if you ever watch Leave it to Beaver, he, he was Eddie Haskell. <laughs> and he's on the bench. In between the first and second period, they don't do the ice. We just stand on the ice and talk. We get the three-minute break, right? Yep. And so he's over there, and he's got his helmet off. And I go, put your helmet on. And he just kind of gives me a dirty look and starts dinking around. And, and I'd bought, we'd had a rough week together, the two of us anyway. And I just took it off, and, go, and I go, if you don't put your helmet on, get off the ice. He looked at me and said, get off the ice. So I sent him to the locker room. So Daddy goes down the locker room and starts having an absolute shit fit, chewing out the varsity coaches. They're not, they don't know what's going on. I'm, yeah. I'm, the, I'm on the JV bench by myself, you know. And, and Well, that just ruffles then, up even more so shit. Then, so then between the second and third period, I have to go down the locker room. And now I'm met by the AD, the head coach, and the assistant coach, who was my second head coach. <laughs> what leader. the fuck? And they're like, why did you do that? And I'm like, I told him to put his helmet on, he wouldn't do it. So what did you do? I said, told him to get off the ice. Which is also a rule. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can't be on the ice. And he wouldn't listen to me. And you guys were pushing it at the time. Referees were pushing it at the time to make sure the helmets yeah. never come off or anything. And they let us get away with a lot of shit. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm like, so go, what are you going to do? And I go, well, what do you mean, what am I going to do? Well, you kicked him off the team. I said, no. no. I sent him to the locker room. Yeah, his dad said he got kicked off the team. How the fuck would his dad know yeah. that when the kid went to the locker room and dad hadn't talked to him? You know, we had a similar situation where we had a player that, you know, she plays just on the edge. And I, I really appreciate about her. And a lot of people just, they can't see past it. She plays on the edge and she's just fiery. It's the shit that you can't coach. You can't coach that will into a kid. But she's young and she struggles to, to toe the line, and every once in a while she goes over the line and she kind of loses it. She, her wires cross, she loses it. And uh, there was one time where we were talking to her, and she's freaking out and talking back, and she's throwing shit around. And there's like three minutes left in the first period. She freaks out, takes a bench minor for yelling at the ref. And I think there's like a buck 30 left. So I'm like, don't even go to the penalty box. Go to the locker room. <laughs> like, I don't even want to. We don't want to look at you. Just get off the ice. So she goes to the locker room. And mom and dad lose it. You kicked her out. Blah, 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 blah. This and that and the other thing. And we're like, what? No. She's going to come back and serve the last 24 seconds of her penalty. You know, in yep. the box. And she's going to come back, and she has two periods in this game left where she needs to prove that she can be a functioning member of this team. But she's going to do that the first, the the next period, probably half of the period, she's going to do it from the bench because she lost her opportunity to play. She's not kicked off the team. No, it's punishment. It, it's punishment. You know, it's like don't be a douche. We can't hit him anymore. <laughs> You know, it's like everybody just lost their mind. They're like, oh, coach kicked her off. She kicked her off the team. And it's yeah, like, it's, no, I she went go, to the locker room because she needed to cool down. It's the thing. Same and thing. it worked. She came back. She sat. You're sitting on the other side of the ice. You're not on the bench. You can't hear where this being set on the bench. And then you're making assumptions. And it's just yeah. like, good God. Yeah. And, but to finish that story. So that whole thing went on. And then the next year when they came back as seniors, one got cut. One decided to stay. And he did okay. And then when they came back from college, up until we couldn't have them on the, on the ice all the time, they would come back and help me coach. They they never had a problem with what happened. Right. I mean, at the moment, he did moment. That's what. Yeah, oh yeah. And I, you know, and I know, I know there are kids. This whole thing that's going on with Olam happened to Mayo's longtime head coach Lauren Grassel. Right. And I, I to this day I will guarantee you that there are still parents. There's a few players, but think of how many guys that guy coached in 50 years. Oh, and I will guarantee you hundreds, 80% of those kids that had 
relegated to the third line, never got on the power play, thought they belonged there, whatever. Once they graduated and became adults, they they understand they and they don't it. hold they don't hold a grudge. There's still some parents that do. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, but but I would say the majority of the people. That's that's why he was there for so long. Yeah, and I, mean, I, I still talk to people this day that was like they played hockey at Mayo for three years or four years, and it was like, how'd you like Grasso? Because he was there forever. Yeah, and they're like, you know, when I was there, I didn't really understand him, but now that I'm an adult, right? Exactly. Or and even if they're even involved in hockey or not, they're like, I get it. Yeah, he he did what he was supposed to do as a yeah. coach, right? And it, and it's not always, yeah, bunnies and whatever they call it, rainbows and butterflies, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> unicorns and something else. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I I will say this. I maybe we can end on this, and you can kind of put your two cents on it too. But I'm like, I always think about it, and I think parents just need to slow down allow their kids to fail especially when it comes to sports it's not the end of the fucking world allow them to fail allow them to come up short and then teach them how to work through it you know like my dad looking me in the eyes and being like i ain't on that fucking team that's on you right like that's you made a commitment to this team to play figure out what's figure out what's ailing your coach i guarantee you he's probably telling you you're just not listening which he was and it was just shit that I would didn't want to hear, but allow your kids to fail and then give them the tools to work through that. Because guess what? You're going to have coaches. You don't like, you're going to have teachers. You don't like, you're going to have professors in college. You don't like, you might have a boss someday <laughs> when in your it, dream job that you don't like, but yes. guess what? You're going to have to fucking figure it out. So part of your learning, part of your learning experiences is to learn. You're going to go on from, to, from another sport, from this, team to another team you want to continue on the sport or wherever you want to go you're going to go to you're not going to pick the program you're going to want a program is going to pick you yep and you are going to have to adhere to that program or 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 high school you're we we're stuck with you yeah because because we just don't have the numbers in certain cases yep like the coaches that that just won a state championship one coach left the other one got let go and they just won the state championship the Wisconsin coaches, yeah, yeah, you know, and it's and it's basically the same thing. So it's like our job, along with trying to win hockey games and make you a better hockey player, is just to make you a better person. And yeah. I've heard my head coach say that. I'll bet he says it three times a week, if not more, easily. I mean, I mean, it's like our job is to make you a better person. Yeah, not a better person, a person that can survive, a functioning member of society. Yeah, there you go. Which. None of us give were your, able to do. <laughs> give your kids the tools. And I know there's a lot of, listen, I'm I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to coach at the next level. You aren't going to see me on a college or a junior bench coaching. And I don't want that. But one of the, one of the things that I really enjoy is just getting to know these kids and helping them. And I mean, you've done it too, where you find yourself in a situation where this kid's like, Hey, my life's falling apart at the seams and it's not, has nothing to do with hockey. Right. Right. Next thing you know, you're, you're, you're talking this kid through what he thinks or she thinks is the end of the world. And it's just another high school drama thing. Yeah. And you're, you're helping them through it and that's part of it. But you know, parents should just give your kids the tools to battle adversity and that will help in life. It'll help on the ice. It'll help in anything that they do. Shit blows up in your face because guess what? Shit's going to blow up in your face several times for the rest of your life. And if you just shut down and wait for mommy and daddy to come in and fix it for you, or if you're the parent and you see shit starting to go wrong with for your kid, let it go wrong and help them through it. Guide them through it, right? That's, right. What, we, that's what we do as coaches well, and is, hey, you made a mistake. And you know the other part about this is here's how you fix it. I know as we're sitting here talking about this, it just dawned on me. Neither of us are school teachers. No. You know, and that and that maybe when all these teams are coached by school teachers, they had a better handle on things. Because yeah. they're kind of trained to do that in the first place. I, I, I think about I think you about, couldn't be a school teacher though. Me? Yeah. You can't hit kids. Oh god damn, I forgot about that. <laughs> I got hit by one of my teachers. Yeah, that was back in the nineteen hundreds. <laughs> It was just an eraser. It's not a big deal. It happened all the time. <laughs> no, I, 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 it's, 
I agree. I and, and we did, we got to cut this off. We could talk for hours. About we could. This. I mean, this. I mean, I, I. I'm not sure this is over with. I. I. I hesitated bringing in any head coaches or guys that I know that we've we've discussed having this conversation way before this whole thing came up. Maybe we should with other coaches and see what their thoughts are. Like, I don't know if I guess I ask quite the questions I have are. As coaches, are we alone in this? Is there is there room for administrators or ads to help? Oh no! To maybe put a parent in their place. I know a lot of they, them don't want to touch. Uh, it. Let's put it this way: in the experience that I've had with just my high school, our high school, the ones we coach at, they have tried. They do this oh, yeah. all the time. Yeah, they're dealing with it. I mean, it's way constant, more than we yeah, are. And, and and I think they're very good at it. There's a bit of their hands are tied on they certain pick things. Their battles. No, not even pick their battles. They have they have so many rules that they have to follow. Right. Is that, the grape worth the squeeze? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so and so they you know and it's it's and then I've dealt with some of that stuff this last year and it was like it's that you can only do so much. I mean you're yeah. and it's it's not it's not like they don't want to go farther. And actually, I don't want to say go farther. They don't want to do things differently. This is how they have to do it. This is their protocol, and that's what they have right. to stay with. And it's and it's probably keeping them sane just doing it that and way. And they can't get away with no, some which of is shit that which they is did kind of why I didn't too. want to bring those guys in because a I, right now if I was a head coach I wouldn't do this because you know what I would be afraid of losing my job. Hundred percent. It just becomes you know, and I don't think we've said anything incriminating. We're not we're not uncovering any like breaking news here. It's just no. You know, I, I, I'll ask you a question is if you could look at a young parent of an athlete that's up and coming, what advice would you give them? So assuming that their kid is going to move on and place their, and they, their parents don't coach them. So I just had this conversation. I mean, literally, I just had this conversation two months ago with a parent or the, well, with one parent, the other one was. I think she was not willing to have that conversation. She just didn't want any part of it. Not that she wasn't sure. concerned about her kids, but she wanted part of it. And I had the conversation with them, and and I my I do the same thing with them all the time. I my what I do is I just kind of try to explain to them as generically as I can how the system works, you know. And then yeah, that's fair. and then you and your kid have to make the decisions where you want to go, right? And I and I and I'll tell you and I and, and it was in that that article that that Alex posted when this whole thing started with one of our referee friends that posted it and I said it then and one of the bigger problems is is right now there's too many people getting paid in this sport any any guy with a wee bit of knowledge of of the sport and some and and I called it um, a name dropping sales pitch yeah. can talk you into yeah. can talk you into giving them six seven grand and you yep. have your kid come play hockey there or more because once once they get the six seven grand and you're stuck in there it becomes a lot more and a, a guy that's came out of college and played at a d3 school and all of a sudden now he thinks he's a hockey coach and he lines up with some and, the, and don't get me wrong ushl is very good there's really good NAA is really good but there's other there's other junior programs out there or AAU or AAA programs that are nothing more than money makers. Yeah. And, and those guys are making money and getting paid for, I I, kind of will give some of those parents like that chase that, you know, I'll give them a little grace there because it's like, you just paid a bunch of money to put your kid in that program. And now you've got just a coach that's just collecting a check. I get that. Sure, but, but that that it doesn't happen in high school hockey in Minnesota. Well, like it, and, and so in pretty, the high school league, it can't happen. Well, going back to what you talked about, so then anyway, if a parent comes up to me and asks me mm-hmm. what were they going, I, I would I, I would just basically put it that way: there's a system in place that's as inexpensive as it can possibly be that your kid gets looked at and he gets to play hockey, whether it's in Rochester's association or a different one, you know, moving your kid from association, moving whatever, and they go to high school, there's a system there. There are other systems that you need to talk to somebody about before you jump in there, whether it's AAA or AAU or I don't even know if AAU does hockey anymore, but they did, Mm -hmm. Um, or if it's just some fly-by-night junior league, whatever. I mean, before you step into that stuff, you know, if my kid said – when he graduated high school, if any of my kids wanted to say they, they just want to play hockey, two more years, 
And I'm like, okay, it's going to cost you probably with your players, probably four grand, let's say. And if I got four grand, I would do it just so they can keep playing hockey. Right. I mean, there's this, don't get me wrong. There's a structure there yeah. that some kids thrive by. Like Tanner misses the camaraderie of being on a hockey team. Oh, sure. You know, after all those years of doing that and, 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 and he misses that, he admits it, he misses that. So as a parent, if you can avoid the politics, let your kid play hockey, let the coaches decide where he should play, understand that the system's not going to fail your kid because there's somebody else out there that's going to see him. And let your kid be a kid. And let your kid be a kid. You know, if he's, you know, almost like we tell, used to tell the goalie parents, you want, my kid wants to be a goalie, what do I do? Put him in a goalie camp. If he has fun at the goalie camp, you're screwed. Your kid's a goaltender. <laughs> you know, and this is basically the same thing. Put your kid wherever you want to put him. Yep. If he stays, if he sticks it out, then guess what? Your kid's a hockey player, and that's yep. all there is to it. And he'll go as far as he can, as best as he can. Yep. And most of that is on his or her shoulders, yeah, not on yours as a parent. And right, hundred percent. And I, I, you can't want it more than your kid. No. You can you can help them continue with their dream, mm -hmm. but you can't make them have that dream. Yep. But all right, let's get out of here. That's a good place. We'll, we'll do this again another time, maybe. Love you. Bye. <laughs> all right, see ya.